Welcome to Before They Change the World, where we explore the minds and ideas of inspiring individuals working on impactful projects before they change the world. This episode is hosted by me, Janu, and I will be talking with Jonas Holzer, co-founder of Refluenced, a Zurich-based startup aiming to revolutionize micro-influencer marketing by connecting the influencers with brands. We talk about their recent appearance in Hölle de Leuven, a Switzerland version of the famous Shark Tank TV show where they succeeded in raising 300,000 francs in investment live on air. We discuss about the struggles and behind-the-scenes stories of creating a tech startup as well as his fascination in computer science and entrepreneurship. I truly believe that Jonas and his team will achieve their goal and beyond and I'm really thrilled that we had him on our podcast. I hope you also get inspiration from this episode and let's dive into the conversation. I guess we can talk about your project Refluenced first. Could you maybe just give a heads up on what it's about? Yeah, sure. Refluenced revolutionize the world of mouth marketing. And how do we do it? We connect iCray influencers with brands. We are, we are an online platform where companies can create a campaign and then influencers can apply for these campaigns in our Refluenced app. And the idea is because these are really small influencers between like 1,000 to 20,000 followers on Instagram that they only get the product as a reward. And for that reason, the whole system is much more authentic. Influencers are only applying for stuff they really want Mm -hmm. and brands get also in return communities of these influencers which are much more relevant to them than usual. And because we also are only focusing on small influencers, we have a higher localization effect. Like the spread is much lower than in comparison to the macro influencers. What do you mean by spread? Like what I mean is if you have, for example, one million followers and you post something about a product which is only relevant for Swiss people, then this, for the majority of the audience of you, this product is not relevant, right? And if, for example, I'm a company based in Zurich, um, then it's much more clever for them to only focusing on people who actually speak to people who are from Zurich only. Absolutely. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. You became this official company in the beginning of 2022 as a GmbH, that's the name? Yeah, right. What does it actually mean? So basically, in GmbH means in English limited company, like it's the right. same concept. Yes, mm-hmm. And that was a big deal, I guess. Yeah, basically for us, it meant 100% commitment. Like all of the founders, we put also our own money into it. So in total, we basically invested 50,000 from our own money. Mm-hmm. And also we got some awards like the Innovation Award from the University of Zurich with 10,000 Swiss francs and Venture Kick first stage, also 10,000 Swiss francs. And this helped us basically to 100% commit because for us, it was clear from the beginning that if we want to make something serious out of Refluenced, mm-hmm. and I think we we owe it to the idea because we we really like it and I really see the vision behind it logically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we said 100% commitment and mm-hmm. with that money we really could kickstart it, make an MVP, then sharpened it, yeah. went to that with already to some competitions. Mm-hmm. For example, my 
I personally am into reference since one year, since November. Maybe I can talk about how we, sure. the idea came up. We are three founders, Quirin Hosler, myself, Jonas Holzer and Felix Greiner. And Quirin Hosler, he also co-founded the Sun Ice Festival. Mm -hmm. This is a music festival in Sunair, which has mainly a young audience. It plays techno music and everything, and it's a winter festival. So really cool idea, but how do you market that, right? Mm -hmm. And they came quickly to the conclusion, oh, influencer marketing would be a great way to do it. But like the classical commercial macro influencers, so-called the one with over 150,000 followers, are way too expensive and are also not really serving the purpose. So they really manually wrote on Instagram to everyone, hey, are you interested? We give you free tickets, but please tell the people about Sunrise Festival. But it get way, it got way out of hand. It was really complicated to orchestrate like over 100 people, right? And then the idea of reference was born. And it, it started then into development process already in 2021, the beginning with Yannick Müller. He also is an ETH graduate computer science and Quinn Hassel and Nicola Ditwa basically and they made the first prototype but then Yannick Miller founded his own startup the best reason to leave that one right okay. and got actually YC funded and mm -hmm. then I took over the CTO position in November and what we had there was like a really conceptual and but already working on the basis an MVP. And then my job was to elevate it to something which actually is business worth, right? <laughs> yeah. Got it. So you joined after Quirin's initial idea? Exactly. And Felix, uh, uh, the marketing chief I mentioned, he mm -hmm. joined in September last year mm -hmm. to the Idea. And then we co-founded the Refluenced uh, as a GmbH in February, yeah. also with Nicola Ditua on board, uh, our creative director at the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah, so you are a CTO, but you said you also brought it to from MVP to current stage. And what were you in charge of particularly? In yeah, I, I, maybe I can speak about how I actually came to Refluence and sure. then uh, what my job description was or the one I gave myself. So a friend of ETH, uh, which Green knew and myself as well, he told me about this idea like, uh, hey, Refluence influencer marketing. And I myself already had a little background in that, but maybe to that later. And I knew this has potential, really cool. Then I drank coffee with Queen, and yeah, actually, like, what is really uncommon is that we didn't knew us before, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, okay, we then realized that we already met three years ago, and we oh, knew a little bit, okay. but that was more coincidental. Mm -hmm. But uh, we just started without knowing us before. And it was a match, like, like it was a really lucky that we also really understand us on a human level. Mm -hmm. And then my job description there was automate everything mm -hmm. so that it gets scalable, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I can give you an example, like what we had first was brands could already make a campaign and influencers could apply, but also on the website without an app. And 
the chat was broken, so they couldn't communicate on chat. So like uh, my very first task was, hey, fix all these bugs uh, which are in the platform currently. And like I think the first two months I only did that basically with my with one full stack developer in the team, Assad. He is he also started the MVP. He's really there since the beginning. He's from Pakistan and really cool guy to work with and with him basically we orchestrated that and then like I remember I was like 10 days at Refluence basically jumped into the cold water because previously I I didn't lead such a project I I needed to know all uh, like the technology we have and get to the level and then after 14 days or 10 days the server broke down and nothing worked anymore and like I made uh, a night through and like this night basically was for me to jump into the cold water and I could really dive deep into the project and knew then what maybe takes three weeks or what I imagined to take three weeks. I needed to know it by the next day because, yeah, yeah nothing worked anymore. And then, <laughs> ironically, it was an issue on the Amazon side. So mm -hmm. we host our server at Amazon and I could then fix it on that. Yes, so that was the kickstart for me, basically. And then, like, where I see myself now, what I do is I, I am basically part of the vision. I create or I uh, help to create with the other founders the strategy and then giving ideas where we are headed. Like, the problems which we have now are much different than before. Like, after this story I told you then, like we needed to automate everything, right? Mm -hmm. And previously, influencers, when they posted something on Instagram, how could they put it on to our platform? They needed to upload it manually. They needed to screenshot the insights. Insights are basically how good the content performed, like oh. the reach of the yes. content, like story, post, reels, that's what on Instagram is, right? Mm -hmm. And also how many clicks, for example, on a link happened and everything. And this is quite important for us, actually, because we have a performance-based business model. Mm -hmm. So that means brands pay us by clicks and reach they generate. Right. And so then the app was basically a measure to get to that data in a more efficient way, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, maybe can deep dive to yeah. that later. Sure. Yeah. First, I want to mention that I watched the Hugh, how do you say that? Höhle der Löwen. You were aired last month? Yes, that's and right. So for listeners who don't know, it's basically Shark Tank yes. of Switzerland version with startups pitching their ideas to the cap venture capitalist and you got a big funding from Anya Graf. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I don't know, like, first of all, how did you end up in that TV show? <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, you need to remember, like, this, this was in March this year. So it was actually quite a while back. And we hadn't really figured out any details we have yet. We have now, right? So... First, I mentioned previously like a pitch, my first pitch, and that, that was in Vaduz. And I was with Kirin there and we pitched idea in front of some VCs and some founders who already 
build up unicorns, like really experienced people. And that was part of Start. It's, Start is like the, one of the biggest startup, I say convention, uh, mm-hmm. like in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And they gave us basically the idea, hey, how about instead of paying or how about instead of letting the brands pay on a package basis, let them pay on a performance-based model. And we were like, oh, that's actually a really cool idea. And then our competitors are more like the direction of Google and Facebook. So we had this idea two weeks before actually we went into the TV show. So, so actually we hadn't, we, we built that out really quickly, like mm-hmm. this performance-based model, and we still use it today. And, and we created a pitch and everything. And how we ended up actually in the TV show was last December was the first audit. And we, the day before we were at VentureKick for the for this first 10,000 Swiss francs I mentioned, and we were really focusing on that. And then on, uh, on that audit, we were still really numbers-driven and thought, hey, now we are in front of an expert committee, which basically say, uh, tells us how good the idea is or if this is even worth it to watch in television. Mm-hmm. But the ri- reality was, after the pitch like came out, these are all entertainers like three plus uh, this is the tv the television how is it called center uh, yeah 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 you know what i mean and they, they told us then yeah we really like the idea but you will do that more in a more entertaining way in the show right <laughs> and we were like oh fuck we completely <laughs> made the pitch in the wrong direction right mm. and so for that reason we only ended up in the backup position for for Hülle de Löwen actually wow. so for us it was not sure that we even aired uh-huh. and then we got a call two days before the mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. hey congrats congratulations you're actually you have the chance to go into the show and we were like Oh, that's nice, but we are completely not prepared for mm-hmm. that, right? <laughs> and ironically, we were actually preparing for the second stage oh. of Venture Kick oh. the day be- or the two days before. So we were first focusing on that, and we actually didn't got that, uh, which was then, in uh, retrospective, good for us. Uh, <laughs> that's a little spoil. And and then we said, "Fuck it!" Now we are really making the best of it. So, starting 36 hours before the show aired, we we created a pitch. We we also needed to print out T-shirts mm. uh, like this these banners uh, which you have in the show yes. where, where the reference logo is. Everything we needed to do overnight, basically, mm-hmm. and like we need to came up, what is a good valuation for us? Like, like wow. all this business-driven uh, stuff, we were so early stage that we basically needed to really invest some time uh, to come up with that, I say. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> like, television shows, basically, then it was the day of the uh, television show where, where we got filmed, and mm-hmm. we were preparing our pitch on the parking lot outside. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then we got a, 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 another call, like, hey, where are you guys? Like, we are waiting for you. And then we got that they expected us one hour earlier than we actually thought. Okay. And, and then without really preparing the pitch once, we went into the television show. Mm-hmm. Like, we needed to do makeup and everything. And then we thought, nice, now we finally can, like, go over it one for once. And then again, like, hey, 
sorry, now is the start of the show. And we didn't even complete the pitch once before. So wow. then we entered the room, like with the Löwen, the lions, five lions are already, or sharks in English, are already sitting on, the, on their chairs, mm -hmm. staring at us. We enter the room and see 15 cameras and like, wow. okay, now it gets serious, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we did the pitch for the very first time in the show itself. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was quite exciting. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I also found Korean's post about it saying that <laughs> in the parking lot it was your first and then... <laughs> but didn't even know that you had actually like the first first, like a... Yeah, that's an inside, insider information. Wow. Yeah. But I guess it went well because you got two offers, right? Yeah, so we, get, we got an offer from Roland Brock. He is well known in Switzerland for his online shop Brock.ca. Mm -hmm. They sell like every kind of product. Mm -hmm. and, and from Anja Graf, as you already mentioned, and she is really invested into, into housing. Mm -hmm. And she has basically like with Vision Apartments and Airbnb for businesses. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we went with her mm -hmm. because she is more international than uh, Ron Brock. He's really focused on Switzerland, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, she has some similar expansion plans than we have, and uh, we, it's quite a good match. Yeah. What did you feel like? I mean, when, when she said uh, 200,000? Yeah, in the, in the television show, right. we got 200,000 for 7%. Right. Yeah. How did you feel? Yeah, it was like... Like, remember the backstory. We were, like, really early stage, completely, not completely unprepared, uh, enough prepared, but, like, on the minimum level, I say. And we just got it because they really saw the potential and also the idea mm -hmm. we had. And we already had there a running prototype, as we mentioned, the MVP right. with, with brands. So they saw there is a need on there. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we went, yeah, we went... Uh, uh, we went out for dinner uh, we, mm -hmm. we cheered there but couldn't really realize it like <laughs> it was just so overwhelming okay. right and then <laughs> and what is also important to mention we couldn't speak with anyone about this because uh, we had all signed NDAs and mm -hmm. we needed to be quiet till October like for half a year yeah. no one could know and we just got magically I say an investment <laughs> and, uh, and that was the backstory for that oh wow yeah okay and so actually we were, it was so overwhelming that we didn't even really went parting or everything. Like mm -hmm. it sank in the next days and then we got like the, the money like in the next three months actually also on the, oh, wow. uh, on the, our account, which is actually really fast. We really love to work with Anya because she has already so much experience she bootstrapped her own company basically like with she was 17 years old and everything she got really good context and vision apartments as a, also a brand partner for us is mm -hmm. really interesting yeah oh that's cool just uh, i guess i'm not so into this vc stuff but like what yeah. is the difference between anya as investor oh, and yeah. vc as an investor yeah yes yeah sorry but i didn't explain that but basically anya is an angel investor that means like Basically, what we have is a pre-seed round, right? Mm -hmm. Because we, the idea or basically the product we had was not yet scalable because remember, we need to automate everything. And like a VC is more interested to then get a little bit later into the game, like when the idea already proved 
mm-hmm. uh, themselves, but you are right now at the point of scaling. So mm-hmm. the idea, like the product market fit is there, but then you scale up. Mm-hmm. And then the VC is actually the way to go because, mm-hmm. yeah, what is a VC? That's a venture capitalist. They uh, are baked uh, with money from from the diverse source that could be rich people who want to get a good return on their money. But like a VC is mainly focused on getting a return on money. Logically, Anya as well, but she has a longer perspective on it. Mm-hmm. And the VC maybe makes too much pressure or like they are maybe... It's really dependent on the VC, right? For that reason, it's so important to choose your investments, not only based on the money you get, but really on the benefits you get as a match with them. But then maybe they are headed into an early exit because then they get money and we maybe see another vision for ourselves. You actually had a startup before yeah. and I want to ask you, like, what yeah. was a, what, how did it happen? How was your first yeah. encounter with startups? Yeah, it was not a classical startup, I say, because when you hear the, the word startup, you always think, oh, then you need investment, etc. But what we did, it was actually in the times when I still was in the gymnasium, like I was maybe around 19 years wow. old. Yep. I started a marketing agency with a good friend of myself, which also was in my gymnasium. Mm-hmm. And then quickly, like first we did some basic websites together like there, there I came into web development I say mm-hmm. and then we saw the potential like I'm originally from Obwald that's in the middle uh, of Switzerland actually oh, like which uh, canton? Yeah. canton of Obwald actually oh wow yeah sorry. yeah <laughs> no worries <laughs> yeah it's so small no one knows it but, uh, but the, in the center of Switzerland we mm-hmm. really saw like the potential for marketing agency which Give, give a, bit, a little bit of more innovative ideas. Like we are a lot younger. We understand like maybe ideas a little bit better than more marketing agents, which are already longer in the market, right? Mm-hmm. So then we, the third co-founder came into the boat. So basically it was myself, mm-hmm. Joel Wies and Lars Kindle. And he studied previously at ZDK, uh, mm-hmm. Cast. Mm-hmm. And that's like, a uh, mixture between marketing and video creation mm-hmm. and uh, like really a good overall study to get into marketing, I say, or mm-hmm. to do or re- content creation generally. And and I was then uh, like already studying at ETH. Then. So like the, the first year, it was only me and Joel together. And then we brought Lars into the boat and... And that was like the, the backstory. And mm-hmm. we got then some, yeah, we made some cool works with established companies. For example, Atesso. I, mm-hmm. uh, I was there responsible for like everything IT based, right? Uh, so I created uh, websites there and etc. And mm-hmm. Joel and Lars were more like brand focused, right? And, and corporate design and everything like design wise they did. Mm-hmm. And then actually I stepped out of the company as a mm-hmm. co-founder. I, I was just an, on a project basis mm-hmm. because I continued uh, my computer science. Right, your bachelor's. Yeah, my bachelor's in computer science. And mm-hmm. Joel and Lars were more like, they, they really then gave up their studying actually like and, and focused on that. And oh. yeah, so that was my first encounter basically in the 
company founding world and like yeah. because it was a marketing agency it also gave me a lot of insights and mm. idea and inspiration how to make the influencer marketing world a little bit easier to use for brands let's say yeah mm -hmm. and uh, i mean so you started this when you were in gymnasium when you were 19 yes so... and then like it was i think one or two years i can't even remember like it was more on a Uh, side business level and then mm -hmm. like when Lars then came to vote into the boat 2020 I think mm -hmm. or 2019-2020 that around then we really took it uh, took it seriously and committed ourselves and then like I couldn't do the bachelor on the side uh, to be it. honest yeah. yeah and so yeah I needed to make a decision yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but like That's super cool that you already had an experience before. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that helped a lot. Yeah, said. it uh, helped a lot. And But also to be honest, to be completely honest, like I myself didn't saw like my potential fully met at the classical marketing agency. So mm -hmm. for me, it was actually really cool to get the chance to work at Reflense because I, mm -hmm. it's a tech company, right? It's mm -hmm. a lot more data driven and a lot more, Interesting also from a computer science standpoint, right. uh, instead of just creating websites, I say, right? <laughs> Speaking mm. of that, uh, mm. I want to go to a tangent here and ask you um, why you started studying computer science. What fascinated <laughs> you about this subject? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, one of my first encounters, I think. Okay, my, actually, my father is also into informatics, computer science, and so, and he was and is still an, a, a little bit of an idol of me, like I, I someone to look up to. And mm -hmm. uh, so it was, uh, I heard stories from my parents that I already played around with tech catches when I was five years. I was so fascinated by the DVD player. I always oh. clicked on it and pressed on it and whatever. And then like when I was, I was 12 years old, I got my first computer, like an iMac G4, uh, G4. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like... <laughs> It's also called a lamp because you can move around the monitor in a free way. It's, oh, really? it's really cool, yeah. And like my father told me, yeah, do whatever you want with that. And I always wanted to know like how everything works on a computer on a deep level, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was not a long way that I encountered the terminal. For me, it was like a, a magic door into, in, into enabling stuff which on a uh, poor UI level you couldn't do, right? I, mm. I didn't really knew as a child what, what is that terminal mm. thing, but it was for me like really fascinating. And then I read into myself, I watched some YouTube videos mm. and, and then, yeah, it, uh, like the fascination started there, I say, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So it's, it's like you taught yourself how to code. Yeah, then I started scripting around, like automating stuff. Like I had, for example, one of my first programs I did. It's, it's a little bit in the gray area, I say, okay. but I I, uh, I always enjoyed watching television shows. And <laughs> and I 
I streamed in, in Switzerland. That's legal for the listeners who are not in Switzerland. But you could, you can stream legally from any sources TV shows. And then I made an application, Swap Spider. I think it's still online, oh. <laughs> which which you can stream and download in an automated way these oh. television shows. And I also made then the website with backend on PHP. Well, oh. I know it's really <laughs> stupid, but they, they, uh. it was the first encounter, right? And mm-hmm. databases and whatever, and, and so. So this was like one of my first coding projects, I say. And oh, yeah, how I, old were you back then? Uh, yeah, maybe like this application, uh, maybe 16, 17 or something. But like scripting around, I was maybe 14, where I, for example, saw some websites and I wanted to get the data into a script mm-hmm. and do something with it. Mm-hmm. This was so like like the first thing for me and then I then bash basically was my first in quote as a programming language then apple scripts poorly on the mac it's I know it's uh, no one uses it but for me it was a a cool way to automate stuff Mm -hmm. and then like I started with java Mm -hmm. and actually I got thought uh, I got uh, the knowledge of java in the gymnasium Uh, I could pick the computer science as a topic and Mm -hmm. then I I got it. I got more serious. I say, yeah, <laughs> got it. Wow. yeah, and always web developing a little bit on the side. Yes, mm-hmm. that totally makes sense. Why you now are doing that computer science? <laughs> so we have a sector in our episode where we ask you a question, and you have to answer within one minute maximum. One so minute, okay. Yeah. It's to test your intuition, and one sentence or one word is totally fine as well. Okay, so we have uh, in total. Seven questions, so yes. uh, yeah, let's get started. Hiking or climbing? Oh, <laughs> I love both, but if I need to decide climbing. Okay. What gets you out of bed on most mornings? Yeah, for me, the thought to, to invest in something I really believe in, like in a, uh, like creating ideas with Refluence, which hopefully help uh, like solving a problem we saw, like the problem of uh, matching micro-influencers to brands. And like this helps me every day to go out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. Um, who do you look up to or admire? <laughs> yeah, like one of my first idols was a classical one. I know Steve Jobs. I read his biography three times, but wow. maybe his eating style can be a little bit argued, but like his visionary. And also like as a company, I always admired Apple like uh, in their simplicity and how they solve problems, which then like everyone can profit of, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Hyperloop or flying car? <laughs> flying car. No reasons. Yeah, because I I really I, I love the free. I I'm a person who really loves the freedom to go anywhere they want, right? Mm-hmm. And the hyperloop already really puts you in constraints, right? Logically, and a flying car. I can imagine myself buying one and fly to Italy. Why not? <laughs> Why not? What's on your bucket list? I want to travel a little bit more like maybe after or or with reflux when it gets a little bit bigger right now it's just not possible time wise mm-hmm. i want to get climbing a little bit more like maybe some point 
the Matterhorn or something, I don't know, would be cool. Also, like on a reference level, I I really want to see Refluenced as a name which gets recognized in every company on a marketing level. Like it's then clear, oh, we also need to invest in influencer marketing and not only in uh, online ads mm -hmm. because of the authenticity and everything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I want, yeah, maybe a family sometime. <laughs> and yeah, and I can't really say if I stick in Switzerland or maybe, because I really think, yeah, I really want to go out into the world and experience stuff. Basically, mm -hmm. that's the short answer, maybe. <laughs> God, it's, it's kind of related to traveling. You wanting to travel. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> If you had one million francs right now, mm -hmm. what would you do with it? Invested in the company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And maybe pay me, pay us a little bit a better salary, a little, little <laughs> bit, uh, but no investing. Yeah. Mm. Fully invest into Refluence. Mm. 90% maybe, 90%. 10% in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> We need to have a backup, right? <laughs> well, I, the last one, I didn't have a great terminology, but yeah. micro-influencers or global influencers? Macro. Uh, Macro, Macro, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a short answer for me. Micro influences because of the authenticity, right? And mm -hmm. the local factor. And actually, it's, yeah, I, I don't... <laughs> uh, maybe why are micro influencers a little bit more interesting for us? Because they also have a much more higher engagement of their community, right? Because mm -hmm. they are mainly friends who follow them. And so actually the... The people you end up reaching are quite similar with micro influencers and macro influencers because their audience is so much more engaged, right? Mm. Yeah. And but but for micro, you get higher rate of basically click through rate or how? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, because they are more trustworthy, right? Uh -huh. So your website has an influencers page where you can browse different public influencer profiles. Mm -hmm. And when I visit one, I was fascinated to see that you have a full record of Instagram stories in the past related to certain brands, yeah. like how they promoted and what they posted and like how do you gather all this data and like how <laughs> yeah. is the demographic, like gender, like age, yeah, yeah, how, yeah. how can you even collect this data? Okay, yeah. So then we get back into the area of the app. So we are, we got the investment and then, and for us it was clear, we spent it mainly on the tech part in developing the app and there for me it was quite clear how we achieved that in form of letting the influencers connect their Instagram account mm -hmm. to our app and we I can't get in too much details but let's say I we reverse engineered some APIs of Instagram to get that data you mentioned like oh. these are basically inside datas mm -hmm. normally only the influencer itself sees and For that reason, that's a USP of us. We can provide this data also to brands, which is really interesting for them to see, like, is, is the target demographic, is the target audience really the mm -hmm. one I want to reach? Mm -hmm. And we, because this data is so valuable for us, we even upsell that to the brands. So they can mm -hmm. basically buy then pro package to then see the data and filter influencers oh. also. So because the campaigns end up then in the app, the influencers can apply for them. Mm -hmm. 
That's the first way. And also the second way is that brands can also invite influencers to, uh, to participate in their campaign. And gotcha. then they, and so it's a two-sided marketplace, it makes uh -huh. sense. Yeah. So influencers mm. can also have a campaign? No, uh, the company has a campaign. Mm -hmm. I give you an example. For example, Ochsenschuss is a, mm -hmm. a, a good partner of us. Mm -hmm. And we... And, and they want to promote their new shoe collection, for right. example. So they can uh, give these shoes for free to influencers, and they uh, then, for example, create three stories and a reel. Mm -hmm. And the reel is like the, this TikTok format uh, on Instagram, like right. one minute of video content. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it's basically a little bit... Tinder, like the brand can see which uses, uh, which influencers applied and mm -hmm. can uh, accept them or decline them. Mm -hmm. We give them an estimation mm -hmm. how much their campaign will cost based on the performance they will generate. So wow. uh, how many clicks we think we will achieve. That's a little bit algorithmic as well, right? How do we get mm -hmm. the estimations and how many people these influencers reach in total. Mm -hmm. And then we give them a price and say at maximum this can be 30% higher like if the campaigns over uh, campaign overperforms so they have like a security and like if mm -hmm. some content would get viral then they don't pay unlimited amounts right and the influence itself that's so called a budget deal gets the product in return but mm -hmm. we don't pay them additional money um, in any way so it's also more attractive for the brand to also like on a on a money wise basis, right? Mm. You get more authentic people for less money, right? It's actually a cool trade for them. And what we also did with to answer your question completely, mm -hmm. we captured the content, right? Of, right? So how we do it, every influencer needs to mention the brand they made the campaign with. Mm -hmm. So for example, Ochsenschuss, it's at Ochsenschuss, right? Then they can synchronize the, their content on the press of a button. Mm -hmm. And then we search, hey, is there any content available which matches the criteria of the campaign rank? Is, oh. there, is the mention in, in there somewhere, I say? Mm -hmm. And then we synchronize it to our own app. We have logically the, the license rights from the influencers to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's not a problem. And then we can even upsell that content, which mm -hmm. is really attractive sometimes, like mm -hmm. you, advertisement, which you can also use on other platforms. So the brand can then see, uh, see that content. Mm -hmm. Oh, I really like that and can, get, uh, can buy the rights to that content. And then we also pay the influencers a share of that payment because it's their content, right? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and so that's basically... The business model combined with a little bit of technical insights, right? Wow. And for example, this estimated profit out of a reach, like, mm -hmm. do you have a specific algorithm that you implemented? And yeah, I, like, I, I can say what we take into account, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, take into account the so-called engagement rate. This is one of the most important figures in the mm -hmm. influencer marketing. It's the ratio between likes and comments on your posts mm -hmm. uh, to the followers you have. And mm -hmm. this is basically the measurement how engaged the community is, right? Mm -hmm. So we take that into account. We have the data where 
the audience is, like Switzerland, uh, Germany, whatever, uh-huh. can take that into account. We can take into account the previous campaign participation they did already with us, like their rating, uh-huh. uh, stuff like that. And this gives us then a basis for the price. Yeah. Wow. Um, I guess like this kind of expected profits and algorithms are like super dependent on multiple factors. And mm-hmm. for your case, I guess you have figured something out that works. Yeah, what we did is basically started with a scratch, right? Like with a, with a draft and tried to get some experience with that. And then we can just look, hey, that's the expected price. That's then the real price, how much we are off. And like we are really, for us, it's really important that we are are as near as possible into the real right. because otherwise we get undercut, right? We, mm-hmm. we, we don't earn enough basically when the estimation is too low, right? Well, how does it work? Because when we say it's, it can't be higher than 30% of mm-hmm. the end. Like let's say the campaign, you make something with 10 influencers and they have maybe average uh, follower basis of 2000 and then mm-hmm. this could be maybe six seven hundred Swiss francs which could come out right mm-hmm. and then like an influencer made a, a reel which got viral and it took had 10 times as much reach as estimated right then mm-hmm. they only pay us in total 30 percent more than we estimated like if you say 700 it can be not higher than 700 plus 30 percent right gotcha. and like if we then estimate too low, we don't, we we basically undersell ourselves, right? Oh, yeah. and if and, and if you overestimate, right. that's then it's less attractive for them to pick uh-huh. influences, uh-huh. and that's actually like, it's a real challenge which we are which we are constantly trying to get better, like the rate of positive matches, like it's. Basically, an influencer who applies for a campaign but always gets declined, that's a negative experience for him, right? right? And a brand who wants to make a campaign but only get basically influencers who are not attractive to them, mm-hmm. that's also not right. a good experience, right? right? So what we are trying to do is based on some recommendation algorithm to recommend to the influencers campaigns which are matching their interests. This, okay. this is now really easily done. Like we, we get their interests from the brands and we get the interests from the influence and we match them. It's quite an easy algorithm. But if you mm-hmm. think about it, our end goal is to help, for example, new influencers who, who never participated in a campaign to mm-hmm. also get picked up at brands. So what we want to do, and we are on it and the development is Uh, that we place influences who could be a fit Mm -hmm. as recommended influences to the brand side. And then we take also some ideas in, for example, (laughs) like uh, influences can favorize a campaign, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So they get uh, then a reminder notification uh, two days before it starts, hey, maybe it would be a good idea to apply for. But this is a really good hint, for example, Mm -hmm. to see how they are interested in that campaign. Maybe if we are clever, we show that as Mm -hmm. recommended influences also on the brand side, if they match also like there to hire this positive rate. That's, for example, one insight I can give you. I had so many questions. I don't know if we can actually manage everything. 
But yeah, if you want, we can speak about the influencer contest we did. Yes, yeah. I was about to jump. There. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, what was it about, like Refluence contest, yeah. and how was it? Yeah, the Refluence contest. Uh, that was actually an idea. Green and his team back then in Sunrise already did. Like yeah. the idea is, hey, how can we get really cheap marketing mm-hmm. with a virality factor in it, right? So. Back then at Sunrise, they promoted their festival with influencers, which with 128 influencers, and they needed to do challenges, mm-hmm. and that was the the concept. And we took it over to Reflens and and maybe made it a little bit more fitting to our brand because they at first they make made a challenge. For example, they. They presented a product of their choice to the camera, and then the audience of both influencers could vote for them. Mm-hmm. So they reposted it again mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, people, this, this is reference. I'm participating in the contest. Please vote for me." Right. Yeah. So the network was already extended to the one to the influencers, mm-hmm. and and then we also started with 128 followers, and then we had a challenge with one of our partners now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a social media app from Switzerland, mm-hmm. and then they made a video about that and mm-hmm. like what interests them in Switzerland, and then the. The third or fourth challenge was with Ochsenschuss, actually. Mm-hmm. And like, remember, the, the participant size always shrank by half. Like, right okay. uh, when they... At the beginning, we took three quarters over and then half. Mm-hmm. So, and I think 16 influencers received these shoes and they needed to make an interesting video with transitions on it. Mm-hmm. So, it was already really... They already were really deep into the challenge and really also then said to their people again mm-hmm. to their audience hey repost that again so even more people vote for us mm-hmm. and then at the end four people were left and we needed to do something really big for the finale right. so then Anja Graf came in handy again she was also mm-hmm. a partner with Vision Apartments for us mm-hmm. we let them come to Basel uh, mm-hmm. to the Vision Apartments from I think it was two weeks ago from Friday to Sunday mm-hmm. and there and there, it was also really cool for me to like uh, meet some influencers, get their feedback in a more direct basis and mm-hmm. also for them to meet under meet each others mm-hmm. and then we went at Saturday to the Europa Park oh. uh, yeah okay. and there was their final challenge and they needed to create videos about the uh, countries in the Europa Park. So, oh. so and that was the first challenge and the second challenge was then about Vision Apartment mm-hmm. and both of these videos then were again measured and based on how many likes, comments and reposts they got mm-hmm. and yeah, last Tuesday we had the, we gave the prizes to the influencers. Really cool. One really did a great job, and like the communica- community character was really there. Like mm-hmm. it was for me positively surprising that like they that they understand each other quite well, and it wasn't like mm-hmm. such a battle that they want to completely destroy each other. Okay. Right? <laughs> because the prize was then Europe travel, like with several destinations and two thousand Swiss francs, mm-hmm. and yeah. That that was the influencer contest, and for us also a really good experience with all the partners we had, mm-hmm. and 
also yeah organizing these events and also all influencers were really happy and i think it was a win-win-win situation mm-hmm. also for the sponsors which had a big audience right. uh, seeing their, their products yeah wow. and for us it was a way to hire our like to get to get, let more people know about refinance right and also yeah uh, getting How is it called? Do you hire someone through this? No, uh, we did that in the team itself. So the focus, like this, the, these challenges take, took two months in total, right? Mm-hmm. So it was really a, also a big challenge to manage that on the side. I was personally not in mm-hmm. charge. That, that was a good idea, I say. <laughs> Carmen, our, our head of finance and, and human resources, she was in charge there and she did a really amazing job also with all the other people as Felix on the marketing side, which was responsible to, for creating uh, that mm-hmm. content and everything. And it was really cool to see that all basically getting to life. Wow. I mean, it was spectacular. Like, I, I was like thinking, like, oh, this looks like Vision Apartments. I didn't know they had a museum park. So, like, I was so confused. <laughs> like, it was Europa Park. So yeah, like, it was the Europa Park. It was in German, uh, all the right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, I can tell that you guys are, I think I saw in a LinkedIn post that you're targeting to expand to Germany. Now. Yeah, uh, we did a well. soft launch with some partners in uh, Germany. But right now, mm-hmm. our main focus, or basically our test market was, mm-hmm. or is still Switzerland. And Right. We we could develop the idea like on a lean principle with the brands together in Switzerland, which right. was really beneficial on, uh, right. for influence. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Uh, so there's, I think, I guess you post in English sometimes, but the whole like app and everything is the, in German. The app is also in English actually, also but uh, it's the brand side is fully in German. I mean, it's super cool. I guess you can get a lot of authentic like a local like Oshner shoes and they're really I mean popular in Switzerland at least yeah and yeah we have many really cool partners and uh, yeah hoping to take that over to Germany yeah so I want to actually jump into more of your personal side so you said you grew up in Obwald mm-hmm. I'm curious like is there anything else that you want to mention about your yeah. background where you came from yeah yeah sure like in Obwald it's it's a place like it has maybe 40,000 inhabitants like a really small con- canton and uh, I grew up there I lived there for 20 years and I was always like I felt a little bit out of place let's say like because like I I always was a person who loved the freedom and wanted to see the world and everything and and then for the first time like in the gymnasium like I met pe- like-minded people mm-hmm. uh, for example Joel where where we created collective agency mm-hmm. and and for me like this was a really interesting experience like uh, having that nature which i i still love like the mountains uh, skiing mm-hmm. in obwald this was for me really cool but like i never i never felt that like that this was the place i want to end up right mm-hmm. so for me then uh, when i moved to zurich uh, 2018 it was like a whole different world like eth and all And very, very interesting people, more like-minded people than ever. Uh, it was for me like a revelation, right? And yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still connected to Obwald. I, I, I am there maybe every two or three weeks, but mm-hmm. I, I really love Zurich and the way possibility, uh, possibilities can end up then in a startup, right? <laughs> in Obwald, there's no chance for startups? Uh, there is, there are some incubators, but mm-hmm. the likelihood for that is so much lower because mm-hmm. you also need to have a, 
educated people you need to have yeah you have you need to have a mass right of mm-hmm. people which you can filter out and if uh, not enough people live there mm-hmm. you can't just say people from Zurich come to Oval right, right. It, it, like the ad- established companies can do that but as a startup what is your daily schedule like mm-hmm. it I, I say I'm I I am really flexible I say but like normally I maybe wake up around 8.30 or something and head to the office and 9.30 but then I stay like often also after midnight because I'm more the night person mm-hmm. personally and I have what I do in the daily business is like besides creating ideas I also need to convert them to something which is actually usable right and mm-hmm. so we have a team in Budapest which I I'm happy to lead and we have still uh, Asad, our original full-stack developer in Pakistan mm-hmm. and together basically. And we have 60% designer, Kyle, yeah. designer, which also is in the company since since March actually. And so basically I I then have a lot, lot of meetings where I need to manage this kind of stuff. Like first uh, getting the idea together with Kyle to something which is... Mm-hmm. Which, can be used. Mm-hmm. Then I have call with, for example, with Assad, uh, mm-hmm. backend stuff. Uh, that then the frontend. Actually, I didn't even talk about the tech stack. But we use in the backend we use Django, which is running uh, on Python, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, uh, in my opinion, a, really, a super cool backend because it's also scalable and it uses an SQL database. Mm-hmm. Normally, you can also you. You could use it with NoSQL, but we decided for SQL. Mm-hmm. And we use PostgreSQL. Mm-hmm. And in the front end, we use React for mm-hmm. the brand side. Mm-hmm. And on the app, we developed on Flutter, like from Google. And it has the advantage that mm-hmm. uh, you you don't need to develop it native on iOS and Android. It can mm-hmm. be rolled out on both platforms. Gotcha. Yes. So then we have... A Flutter developer in Budapest and also React developers in in Zurich and in Budapest. Yes. So then basically from backend we go to frontend and mm-hmm. have a call there. And it's and then daily business like a, a lot of time it's really also not as interesting like for example finding box like a lot of testing i do personally code reviewing etc mm-hmm. i also code sometimes uh, <laughs> still uh, but that's a little bit of a problem i'm more now in this managing mm-hmm. position which i also like but i still do like for example i i love sql do there some stuff mm-hmm. and uh, yeah <laughs> some bug fixes i do also myself if if needed yeah. but like the big features and everything i, I don't do anymore mm-hmm. personally gotcha. yes and then like after i code reviewed or whatever then the new fe- feature can launch first on the dev server where can be tested also in the team and then mm-hmm. on the main public server. And then like hobby-wise, I, I love to climb. We also climb together actually in Gaswerk Schlieren. And I try to take my time there, but I'm really a little bit, yeah, I, I, it's a little bit hard for me these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. But like I started climbing also in because of Opal, maybe because of oh. all the mountains okay. when I was like, I think 12 years old and yeah first in the hall then I went into different climbing camps like mm-hmm. in uh, Canton of Wallis with 
with some three thousanders yep. uh, and also glaciers, mm -hmm. and then Canton of Ticino, Susten yep. Pass, and everything. And this is for me like a possibility to to chill a little bit, to relax. Because for me, I don't know how it is for you, but when I climb, like I put my smartphone away, I'm mm -hmm. disconnected from the world, right. and I I I can try to achieve the goal to go up the wall, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what else can you do? Yeah, what else can you do? And I love the right. talks, the chit-chats mm -hmm. uh, when you are uh, together climbing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I do. And I like, uh, I love to meet uh, my friends uh, mm -hmm. uh, and also have, uh, take time on the social level because I mm -hmm. think I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm uh, really, a person who likes the social encounters and love to meet new people and I still want to have that uh, mm -hmm. possible even besides reflux. <laughs> <laughs> right. When I met you at the climbing gym last yeah. time, you were having talk with Assad. Assad <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, we had a call and I was actually then right. uh, even too late for you because of the call. I was really sorry. <laughs> and I was like wondering, like yeah. I didn't even know you were doing Refluenced, I think, back then. Yeah, so that was, was really at the... When was that? Like in December last year? It was quite year. cold, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was really early, early. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask if there is anything you would like to mention or like if I missed anything critical that you want to talk about. Maybe the vision of Refluence? Sure. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I don't know. The vision for Refluence is to be a, a name which is clear for everyone and to be in the marketing budget of uh, of small companies and also big ones because uh, we also want to take over the influencer marketing and also even extend it because we believe that the classical Google ads and Instagram ads mm -hmm. will still be relevant but that influencer marketing maybe uh, of the relevancy gets on the same level mm -hmm. so yeah Vision is be a leader in that. <laughs> I mean, no. revolutionizing uh, electronic <laughs> word of mouth marketing, basically. And how big is the market? I'm just curious. In your yeah, opinion. the Dach region, so Germany, Switzerland, and Austria, the influencer market is five billion mm -hmm. per year. And yeah, on whole Europe, it's a lot bigger. And if we would also think about the United States, it's insane, right? So right. it's then in the yeah hundreds of billions and maybe mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i think even if we can get a cut of that we are really happy <laughs> i'm sure you guys will do great i personally think your project is one of the most fascinating ones yeah thank you so much yeah. we hope that as well <laughs> thank you Jonas, again for thank coming you. abroad and uh, thank you listeners thank you thank you If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow or subscribe to the show on whatever platform you use. And don't forget to share this podcast with anyone interested in entrepreneurship, university student life, and the rising minds and technologies of the future before they change the world.